Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details from the Manitoba Oat Growers Association's annual general meeting. Also, we'll hear from Rick White with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. And out first in today's country comment, we'll have details on yesterday's animal health funding announcement. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The governments of Canada and Manitoba are investing over $680,000 under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership to support two major projects aimed at protecting animal health and managing disease in the provincial pork industry. The Invasive Swine Eradication Initiative project will help mitigate the threat of disease spread by invasive pigs, particularly African swine fever. The Manitoba High Traffic Facility Swine Disease Surveillance Project is a continuation of the government's efforts to address the risk of porcine epidemic diarrhea, or PED, over the past seven years. Rick Prigier is chair of Manitoba Pork. On behalf of all Manitoba hog farmers, uh, Manitoba Pork would like to thank you and your team, as well as Minister uh, Bebo, uh, for their continued collaboration and confidence in uh, both projects and on the important issues facing our sector. We are proud uh, to partner with both the federal and provincial governments on these two projects, which uh, have a strong focus on preventing animal diseases outbreaks. Animal diseases like PED, like you said, porcine epidemic diarrhea and ASF, African swine fever, can have not only a significant economic impact, but a lasting impact on social well-being and on the mental health of uh, farmers. <clears throat> Preventing disease introduction and reducing disease spread is paramount to the long-term success of Manitoba's hog sector. $1.44 billion of pork and pork products, as well as $173 million of live hogs were exported in 2020 alone from Manitoba. A disease outbreak like African swine fever would have a devastating impact on national trade and our global partnerships. It is crucial for our industry to monitor disease prevalence, contain disease spread, and ensure that we remain committed to keeping invasive swine out of contact with domestic pigs, as well as practicing proper biosecurity protocols around our barns and operations. Once again, thanks you to both Minister Johnson and Mr. Bebo for bringing these two projects to fruition, and we look forward to continuing our strong and collaborative working relationship going forward. That was Rick Prigier, Chair of Manitoba Pork. It was also announced yesterday that the governments of Canada and Manitoba are investing over $253,000 through the Canadian Agricultural Partnership to develop a new usage-based insurance product in collaboration with Dairy Farmers of Manitoba. David Weens is Chair of DFM. Dairy Farmers of Manitoba is pleased to work with the Canada and Manitoba governments and agriculture sector to support the development of this innovative usage-based insurance product that will benefit forage growers throughout this province. Using this leading edge uh, artificial intelligence, this product will measure and predict forage crop yields automatically and in near time based on satellite remote sensing, weather and geophysical data. We recognize there's a need for an insurance product specifically for forage that's more responsive to farmers' needs as a result of adverse weather like this summer's drought. Forage crops are vital to dairy farmers as they are an essential part of a cow's diet and nutrition program to ensure cows are healthy 
and produce high-quality milk. Not only will this project be helpful for dairy farmers, it will also be valuable for all forage producers in, the, in Manitoba, providing support when adverse weather severely affects their ability to produce forage crops. Working with our ag partners, we're pleased to be part of this project that benefits all forage growers in Manitoba. That was David Weens, Chair of Dairy Farmers of Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The governments of Canada and Manitoba are investing over $253,000 through the Canadian Agricultural Partnership to develop a new usage-based insurance product in collaboration with Dairy Farmers of Manitoba. David Weens is Chair of DFM. Using this leading-edge uh, artificial intelligence this product will measure and predict forage crop yields automatically and in near time based on satellite remote sensing, weather, and geophysical data. We recognize there's a need for an insurance product specifically for forage that's more responsive to farmers' needs as a result of adverse weather like this summer's drought. Forage crops are vital to dairy farmers as they are an essential part of a cow's diet a nutrition program to ensure cows are healthy and produce high-quality milk. The project will be led by DFM in partnership with Manitoba Beef Producers and four additional producer organizations. And Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers held its AGM on Wednesday. Executive Director Daryl Dimitruk gave an update on research and development. The on-farm testing program, the on-farm network as we call it, it's had over 400 trial since 2012. So the map is getting very busy with trial locations and all of those results are on the Manitoba Olson Soybean Growers website and they're, they're free to anyone to want, who wants to, uh, to access those. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, February 17th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today... We'll hear from Rick White, President and CEO with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. Manitoba Canola Growers held its AGM earlier this morning. One of the keynote speakers was Rick White, President and CEO with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. So just a little bit of uh, background, starting with the uh, Agriculture Carbon Alliance. On the issue, particularly of carbon emissions and pricing, we realized that no one farm group or commodity group could be influential enough on its own. So CCGA asked ourselves, can we unite every major national farm group in Canada under one banner for agri-environmental ag- advocacy? And after a lot of work, the answer was yes. And as a result, the ACA was launched in March 2021. The ACA was established to ensure that Canadian farmers' sustainable practices are recognized through a policy environment that maintains their competitiveness, supports their livelihoods, and leverages their critical role as stewards of the land. The ACA is co-chaired by our own Dave Carey with CCGA and Scott Ross from the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. There's also a technical working group uh, under that organization, which is also co-chaired by CCJ and CFA. The ACA membership consists of 14 national farm groups representing every major commodity from export-oriented to supply-managed. 
So I just want to touch briefly on um, some action here that ACA has taken very recently. Um, ACA continues to working on moving a private member's bill, and I'll call it PMB, for on-farm exemptions of propane and natural gas from carbon pricing through Parliament. Private Members Bill C-234, an act to amend the Greenhouse Gas Pollutions Pricing Act, sponsored by Ontario Conservative MP Ben Lobb, was introduced and read the first time on February 7th, so this is quite recent. It is anticipated to be debated for the first time in that second reading in March, and it's likely to be well over a year for the bill to successfully go through the entire legislative process. The bill will cover on-farm exemptions from carbon pricing for critical farming practices, including grain drying, heating and cooling livestock barns and greenhouses, steam flaking and irrigation. ACA will support the bill through a dedicated advocacy strategy that involves direct lobbying of parliamentarians, committee appearances um, to get this bill passed. So that highlights of that one. Um, I'll maybe flip the biofuels briefly here. Um, CCJ is actively working on the clean fuel regulations, CFR, at the political, policy, and technical levels. Federally, this policy is being led by Environment and Climate Change Canada. Uh, the policy or this policy has potential to benefit canola as a feedstock due to its carbon intensity properties, large-scale availability, and Western Canadian processing sector. Four of the five new processing plants announced uh, in 2021 specifically referred to the potential of renewable fuels as a major market factor influencing investment decisions. So the CFR regulation is expected to be finalized in the spring of 2022. The CFR will sit on top of the provincial biofuel policies um, now in place from BC to Quebec, covering which covers 93% of diesel use in Canada. And the final package will have both the regulation and the new full life cycle analysis tool, which will be the way that feedstocks such as canola that will be used in low carbon fuels um, and how to get their carbon intensity score, which will be very important. This is where the rubber hits the, ward, uh, the, the, the road and, and determines the eligibility of Canadian canola. So we're watching this very closely and very involved. But we're also working very closely with Canola Council of Canada and uh, the Canadian Oilseed uh, Processors Association, COPA, um, and broader associations like Forestry, Canadian Fuels, um, Biofuels Associations, et cetera, and specific major commodities in the fuel industry on several remaining issues of concern with the proposed CFR. So there's some details there that um, um, we need to continue having extensive discussions um, also uh, with our provincial departments as well. So, so that covers that one off very briefly. Um, and finally, I'd like to get into a little bit about the next policy framework, um, particularly the business risk management portion of that. Um, we really are advocating to ensure that farmers have access to effective and responsive risk management tools. Um, it's a key priority for us here at CCGA. The current policy framework under which BRM programs are funded is set to expire in March 2023. So CCJ is working with other farm groups to ensure governments understand the need to invest in business risk management programs for farmers. The risks farmers are required to manage on their farms um, has changed over the last decade and BRM programs also need to evolve to ensure they remain effective and relevant to the current environment the farmers are operating in. No one knows that more than you on this call. 
Um, the policy framework also funds critical areas such as research market access activities. CCJ is asking the governments to increase investments in the next policy framework to reflect ongoing inflation and the broader public policy expectations on environmental demands placed on Canadian producers. The existing priorities like trade, research, and BRM remain relevant and require consistent levels of support. Additional or enhanced policy priorities such as added emphasis on environment and climate change and adaptation and mitigation, that's going to require additional investment and cannot come at the cost of reduced support for current agricultural policy framework policy priorities, priorities I should say. So in closing and wrapping up here, I just want to very briefly touch on that we are active in ensuring the government understands that science-based decision-making needs to be incorporated across regulations and programs here uh, ongoing and into the future. As an example, we are engaging with government in several areas to uh, emphasize the importance of sticking with science-based decision-making. Um, one that comes up in particular is that there are changes being made to PMRA, Pest Management Regulatory Agency, through the addition of a new independent expert advisory committee. Um, so there's some changes coming our way there um, through that agency, and we're pressing the importance of working with industry to establish environmental solutions and targets that ensure farmers' competitiveness is not undermined, because this has... This is the agency that authorizes use of pesticides in Canada and regulates that. So we're watching that and actively involved. Um, one final point um, is the emissions reduction plan as it pertains to fertilizer. So one of the objectives identified in the strengthened climate plan is to reduce fertilizer emissions by 30% below 2020 levels by 2030. I'm sure you've all heard about this. Um, given the importance of nitrogen for sustainable yield intensification and achieving our production targets of 52 bushels per acre and 26 million tons of production, it is essential that the emissions reduction plan focuses exclusively on emission reductions and not the use of nitrogen. And that any plan um, that they have, the government has, should not and, and shall not erode farmer competitiveness. So that's our messaging on that. That was Rick White, President and CEO with the Canadian Canola Growers Association, speaking earlier this morning at Manitoba Canola Growers Annual General Meeting. That's it for today's Prairie Eggwire. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Farm Credit Canada will be hosting the Future of Food Conference webinar February 22nd. Go to the FCC website. Manitoba Canola Growers is offering a webinar entitled Policy and Your Farm Navigating Grain Contracts February 23rd. Register on the Manitoba Canola Growers website. And Manitoba Canola Growers is presenting another webinar February 24th entitled Pesticide Update with a Herbicide Focus. Again, go to their website. Farm Credit Canada presents the Women Entrepreneurs Summit in a virtual setting March 8th. Go to the FCC website. And on March 9th, Marmac Farms and Guest Bull Sale will take place at the farm near Brandon starting at 1 p.m. Go to marmacfarms.net. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. It's been a busy week here in Manitoba with a number of annual general meetings. Manitoba oat growers held theirs yesterday afternoon. Shauna Matheson, executive director, gave this report. Throughout the years, the Mexican marketing program has produced very good results. Uh, 
due to the poor crop, oat crop and reduced supplies this year, we have resulted in Australia filling some of that Mexican demand. However, while exports were quite slow at the beginning of the year, uh, they doubled its exports in the third quarter of 2021, uh, shipping almost the same quantity as the previous six months. Canada still has more than 75% of the market for this year. And while we don't expect the same numbers that we saw in 2020 in terms of exports, we do believe we'll be the largest exporter still to Mexico. And we feel very fortunate that with the relationships we've been able to build in Mexico and confident that that demand will remain strong in 2022, when hopefully we all have a stellar crop. I wanted to just talk a couple of minutes on Japan and China. Uh, a similar project began in Japan in 2019 to increase consumption of Canadian oats. We already have a strong presence in that market, and we have about 46% of that market. In the first nine months of 2021, demand for oats in Japan increased by 15% compared to the same period in 2020. We expect 2022 to be a solid year. Uh, regrettably, we don't expect any growth, but that's not actually due to, um, well, not, not the demand there. It's just we just don't have many oats to ship right now. The availability is pretty low, as you guys know. So we do believe 2022 will be close to last year's numbers, which is, a gr which is great considering our small crop. For more information on all of this, there is information in the November oat scoop that was mailed to all our oat producers and is also available at foga.ca. Unfortunately, due to the political situation between Canada and China, efforts to secure Canadian raw oat access into China is still on hold. We reached out to the federal government to see if it's advisable to begin work on this again, but we've been told it's not likely to be successful at this time. China is still the largest growing importer of oats in the world, so we'll continue to pursue that market whenever it's possible. Polga and MOGA are also still involved in the Keep It, Keep it Clean program. Essentially, this program is just to remind uh, Canadian producers um, to make sure they're aware of which products might create issue that, issues at export markets and remind them to read labels and use those products according to the labels. The goal is also to ensure that those international buyers know that Canadian growers are reminded of proper practices regularly. It's very beneficial for us in both international markets and also with the federal government that we're involved in this program. You've seen a couple, uh, this one, and we can go to the next slide too, are just a few of the things you may have seen with the Keep It Clean campaign. That was Shauna Matheson, Executive Director with Manitoba Oat Growers Association, reporting yesterday at the group's annual general meeting. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Research and development was highlighted at Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers AGM held yesterday. Executive Director Daryl Dimitruk. Our uh, regional variety trials are something that are always popular. And this year we had over 54 trials across the province. And uh, the results go out in the uh, Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers Variety Guide as well as in Seed Manitoba. You know, we recognize the important contribution that uh, Dennis Lang of Manitoba Agriculture makes to that program and, and the general collaboration we get from the seed industry. And the governments of Canada and Manitoba are investing over $680,000 under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership to support two major projects aimed at protecting animal health and managing disease in the provincial pork industry. The Invasive Swine Eradication Initiative Project will help mitigate the threat of disease spread by invasive pigs, particularly African swine fever. And the Manitoba High Traffic Facility Swine Disease Surveillance Project is a continuation of the government's efforts to address the risk of porcine epidemic diarrhea virus, PED, over the past seven years. Rick Prije is chair of Manitoba Pork. Animal diseases like PED, porcine epidemic diarrhea, and ASF, African swine fever, can have not only a significant economic impact, but a lasting impact on social well-being and on the mental health of uh, farmers. 
Preventing disease introduction and reducing disease spread is paramount to the long-term success of Matthew's hog sector. 1.44 billion of pork and pork products, as well as $173 million of live hogs were exported in 2020 alone from Manitoba. A disease outbreak like African swine fever would have a devastating impact on national trade and our global partnerships. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details from the Manitoba Crop Alliance Annual General Meeting. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.